the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Ulster game. Um, big, big interpro this weekend, and I've got William Davis on the line. Hello, Alan. And you were at the press conference today where Kieran Kane and Quinn Rue had um, some thoughts on what's going to happen at the weekend. Yeah, they were both in very good form. I think um, they're very happy with the last two games, and, and who can blame them? Two good uh, bonus point wins in Europe. Uh, I don't think they're under any illusions. Different, different type of rugby. Coming up now, three Interpro games in a row. Um, but the one that they're focusing on, on in on the one game at a time policy, is Ulster next uh, Saturday evening in the Sports Ground. And uh, here's what Kieran Kane and Quinn Roo had to say. Kieran, two good wins in Europe. Uh, very enjoyable game on Saturday. Everybody was really buzzing after it. So. That should bring you in a good frame of mind into these three very tough interprovincial games, starting with Ulster on Saturday. Ah, yes, it does. Look, it's it's similar to the first round of Challenge Cup, where we use that to give us a little bit of momentum. Um, so, yeah, I'd agree with you. It's um, it's brought a lot of bounce around the place and a few smiles. And a bit of humour. It's good. The actual performance, you've been looking for players to play heads up rugby and, and, and do the right thing. There were there were incidents in that game where they they really did that and they really converted the chances. Once they saw the opportunity, they were very clinical. And that's the pleasing thing. Um, the fact that they were seeing, seeing opportunities and, and having the ambition to, to basically follow through with it, which takes takes a bit of courage and we've been working on that for some time and do you think the a game like Ulster is, is it going to be a case of doing the same thing again but you're going to have to it, it might be a more intense game and it might be there might be less space available to do that sort of thing so the decision making is going to have to be even sharper yes there won't be a lot of opportunity in a, in a big game this is a test match sort of um, arena for us um, these are great games. It was a great, um, um, it was a great um, sort of occasion up. Uh, is it up or down? Up, up there. Um, and and now it's our turn to, you know, have the home advantage. So, no, it'll be attritional and it'll be tough. Um, it'll be physical uh, from both sides, um, and it should be should be a great game. It'll be a great test for us. Were you aware when you came how much is involved with these interprovincial games? How much they mean to everybody, the, the whole organisation, and the fans? It's it's a real focal point of the season. These these six games, but particularly the ones that are played here at the sports ground. You are aware of it, and there's talk of it, but it's not until you're in the cauldron that uh, you understand what people are talking about. So yeah, look, it's it's great. It's a great competition, um, and the enterprise are even a step up. So it's an opportunity for for all the Irish players to make a statement, isn't it, in front of the the selectors? And they'll be here, no doubt, um, and they'll be in attendance. And you know, it'll be a good occasion. So mm. everybody wants to play. Uh, I've got a lot of players who are going to be disappointed who don't get the opportunity, but. The ones that do, um, 
Let's see what happens. And is there anything that you're particularly expecting from Ulster that's... Or is it just, do they just bring intensity or, is there, or, or do they bring anything specific to the table that's maybe different to what you would be seeing in Europe? Uh, it'll be different, totally different than what we've just had over the last two weeks um, uh, in the way they play. Um, uh, they're a much more organised uh, team, in my opinion, um, and well-balanced side. So there's threats everywhere. Um, so yeah, no, look, it's, that's what it is, and we're looking forward to it. John Cooney coming back to uh, Connacht, he's gone up there and uh, started to settle in very well. He's had two very big games in, in, in Europe. Will you be paying particular attention to him if he's selected? Yeah, I don't worry about John Cooney, I've never met the man. I'm more interested in Kieran Marmion. Yeah. I think we'll do all right. So you'll have a special welcome from him, he's going to close. <laughs> Quinn, it's an opportunity for players involved in the Irish squad to play against other uh, players in the Irish squad situation which you're involved with. Does that bring an extra intensity or an extra interest to it? Yeah, definitely. I'd say there's always a bit of extra spice in the enterprise, whether it's home or away. It's, um, it's always a big occasion for the players, but it's also a good spectacle for the crowds and for the people to come and watch and see two teams going at each other. So very excited about the weekend and just what it's going to bring. Just looking forward to it. There's an added pressure this year that there's three of these games in a row rather than the normal two at Christmas with the, the restructure in Pro 14. Uh, and two of them, although they're within the island, are, are away. Does that bring an extra... Is that an extra pressure just on the fact that there's three games within a, a very short space of time? Um... I don't think so. It's it's obviously big games, but we've played three games in a row many times. Although it's big competition and quality opposition, I think we'll prepare for the next three games as we usually do. Um, although it's a big occasion, you don't really need to fire our blads to get, get, get up for these games, so we'll just go out our preparation as we usually do. And are you expecting anything particular from Ulster? Um, they have quality individuals. Good team. They have two good wins as well, so, so as we did. So, not expecting individuals to be on their own. They're a quality team, so with quality individuals in the team, so we'll we'll prepare for that and hopefully be be a good game. And it should be a good atmosphere here on uh, Saturday night. Everybody will be in full Christmas spirit, expecting yeah. expecting a lot. Yeah, we're fortunate with the unbelievable crowd, and it's always great to play in packed of a in front of a packed sports ground. So I think it'll be awesome. Hopefully the weather will play along and make it for a great spectacle. Yeah, nice and short and snappy from, from the lads. Let's hope they're um, nice and snappy at the weekend and, and, and get a good result. Yeah, I think they're obviously very focused on this. and uh, I get the, I get, just get the feeling that it, this morning that Kieran Kane, he's, um, he's still settling in here and he's alluded to that fact, but he's spoke in the press conference about the fact that he's really enjoying it and um, he's he's starting to understand. I think he's realised now just how important these Inter-Pro games are. Um, they have such a history and such a resonance going back over so many years. I mean, it's these games were being played 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago. So they have a, a real integral part of the history of Connacht Rugby and all of the other provinces. 
and the fans attach themselves on and the Christmas games have always had there's always been two games one at Christmas one at New Year uh, since the professional era came in really mm. uh, and now we've got three which is adding to the mix and it's 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 it means but all the, all the teams are going to have to mix and match their teams a little bit and that is a slight issue because these when the pro 14 came about one of the things was the, the derby games had to be kept yes but they wanted the internationals to play in them well the internationals can't play in all of these games so uh all sides maybe are not going to be as strong in every game that, that, that's just part of it I, I don't think it matters that much people will still turn up they, they just have a there's a buzz about them and it's going to be difficult to have to play the third game but I think you'd prefer to be going to Thoman Park on January the 6th to play another Interpro than maybe going off and no offence but going to the Ospreys like we did last year um, for a game that just didn't quite have the same meaning as the two games that have been played previously. So it's a really exciting time to be a rugby fan um, and be a Connacht fan. And it's it's a great opportunity for the players, as they said, to put their hands up and say to the Irish management, here I am, this is what I'm doing. And um, there's going to be disappointed players, as Kieran Kane said, there's going to be guys who put their, put their hands up and there's not going to be room. There's only There's only room for 23. There certainly is, and as as you mentioned, you know, it, you know, going to Munster just the week before they've got a, a huge European game will be an advantage, and of course, Munster and Leinster play on Saint Stephen's Day, and we'll have a couple of extra days rest over the Leinster team who will who will be, will be playing on New Year's Day. So it seems to be falling quite nicely for Connacht. It'll be a case of can they take advantage of this? I think they have to take advantage of, of Saturday, and I think they've got to bring what they achieved in Europe uh, into this game, particularly in the uh, the execution last uh, Saturday. I think that was the thing that, st- that stuck out, was the fact that they they made the right decisions, but they also executed uh, those decisions. There was very few drop passes. It was a lot slicker. There was uh, players not passing, you know, going to pass, changing their mind, making good calls, playing what was in front of them, which is really the mantra that Kieran Kane has. He started with that on day one. Mm. And I think maybe now we're starting to see the fruition of that with the understanding that this game will be a much tougher. He called it a test match atmosphere, was how he described it today, Mm -hmm. because you don't have as much room, you don't have as much space, and it's going to be played at a fairly frenetic, hard pace. It's going to be a tough game. So you've got to keep your disciplines and keep your accuracy. Um, but they can't, they, you know, they, they don't want to slip back. So it's, it's a big ask. Ulster have a tendency to come here and win. Yep. Uh, we, have, we haven't won in Belfast since 1960. Ulster expect to beat Connacht. Um, they don't take it for granted, but... They kind of expect to win. They have a very, very good record here. Even in the year where we went, we won 10 out of 11 in the Pro 12, the year we kind of won it. Mm-hmm. The only team to beat us here on Stevens' day in 2015 was Ulster. Last try with about three minutes to go. I think uh, they won 9-3. So 
that's history and it's in some ways that's that's past it means nothing it's a, it's a totally different game on Saturday the place will be absolutely buzzing I can't wait for it I'm really looking forward to this one this this that it'll be it'll just be electric up there and I think I think Connacht are in a good place now and they've got to they've got to push on and and really seal the deal they do because you're looking at you know looking at the table this of course is a cross conference match so is that <laughs> That, that takes a slight edge off it and taking even more of a slight edge off it is the fact that Ulster are seven points clear of Edinburgh um, in their conference in third place uh, although they are only two points behind Leinster for a, for a home um, quarter final so it's there is slight edge off because it's not you know, it doesn't directly affect you know how we will finish up against Ulster um, but we're you know we're only a point behind Cardiff in fourth place and we really want to get that third spot to get into Europe for next year, uh, Ulster, as I say, look as though they're fairly safe for Europe for next year. Um, so we we have a little bit more to play for. Um, we haven't had as tough a time in Europe as they had, uh, so it's really set up for us to go out and and do well. Uh, and talking about you know doing well and and things being set up for us, our injury list isn't isn't as good as it was last week. Um, with the likes of Dennis Buckley now having sustained an ankle injury and. Steve Crosby has hurt his knee, and Owen McKeown has hurt his calf. But there's, there's, you know, the Jared Butler's coming back into it this week. But um, it's not looking again as bad as we would expect at this time of year. But you know, we're, there, there's a couple of worries there. Yeah, Dennis Buckley's a concern um, because he's seen a specialist to to determine the extent of the injury. Um, JP Cooney, unfortunately for him, has had a very serious hamstring injury and has had surgery today, so he's going to be out of action until April. Um, Steve Crosby, another training injury, so he's had a scan. Owen McKeown, training injury, out of action until the end of January. There's a little bit of pressure on the back row. I mean, Jake Heenan's obviously out till April. Jared Butler has reintegrated back into training. Um, but you You'd be slightly concerned that you know. I don't know. He he, he will probably feature at some stage. Hmm. Um, Peta Arki has gone back to New Zealand for two games because he's getting married. Uh, but that's not an injury, nope. so it doesn't make it to the injury list. But it's it's somebody that isn't going to be available, available probably yeah. until the monster match. But I suppose part of the challenge in modern rugby is you just have to keep juggling and moving players hmm. around. It's. Um, Kieran today in, in, in later on in the press conference said he really has three plans plan A, plan B and plan C Right. in every eventuality going forward for the other games they, you know, they, they have to um, but a little bit yeah. Dennis Buckley's worry with, we'll hope he gets good news we'll hope he gets available he played on for a little bit on Saturday and then he was, he was taken off uh, fairly promptly mm. and um, but it's just part of the game compared to where we were injury-wise this time last year. No comparison. It was it was running to, to, to two pages plus yeah. players they weren't even listing as injured. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys ready to go for Saturday. There is, and we'll just finish off the list of you know the long-term guys: the um, Andrew Brown, Rory Scholes, Cormac Brennan, Sean O'Brien. They're all still same message as before. Due back in sort of early early um, 2018. There's one name missing off the list, and I, I wasn't sure about it. It looked like Niyadi Alokan was doing some sort of fitness test before the game on on Saturday, and he didn't appear for the Eagles on Sunday. 
Um, so you'd, you'd wonder what's happening there, but maybe that's a question for another day and we can move straight on to the Eagles, um, who had a, had a cracking win at the weekend, and, and you spoke to Eric Elwood. Yeah, I, I caught up with Eric after the game. Look, they had, they had a good win over Richmond. They did the double over them, uh, two bonus point wins. Um, didn't play particularly well in the first half, but cruised away in the second half, won uh, 55 points to, to, to seven. And this is what he had to say about that. Connacht Eagles have just recorded a 56 points to seven win over Richmond here at the sports ground. And I'm joined by Eric Elwood, who is the director of the academy here at, the, at Connacht. Eric, that was uh, another good performance by the Eagles. They put two together in a row now against Richmond. Yeah, that was the challenge for the boys from last week. You know, to be fair, we showed great character last week over there. We, we scored five fabulous tries. And the challenge for us this week was, could we back it up at home? Uh, we had a poor, shaky start in the first half. We only scored two tries. But then the second half, we asked the guys, you know, again at halftime, listen guys, there's more in us. Just do our basics right. Hold on to the ball and retain possession. And credit to the players at halftime. They did that, they came out to start the second half, took the game to Richmond, and uh, we created those opportunities in the second half. Coming from where you were in that rather disastrous game against the Ealing Trailfinders, was that almost a good line in the sand and an opportunity to concentrate minds for what, what the Eagles needed to do uh, in their season here in the British and Irish Cup? Absolutely, we set ourselves a clear target that we wanted to uh, come out of the, our pool. Um, we narrowly lost to Rotherham in a game that we believe we should have won. But um, Ealing, as you say, was a line in the sand where we said, look, it, that's not what the green jersey is about, and that's why uh, playing home in front of our home play, uh, supporters is not about. So last week was really, really important. But thankfully, we backed it up this afternoon again in front of our supporters. And it just gives us an opportunity after Christmas to go to Ealing and see if we do something else in the camp. And then we got Rotherham here at home to finish. So all our focus is now on, on Ely next, next uh, in January after Christmas. So um, it gives us a chance in the competition for sure. Kieran Kane spoke after that when, when I spoke to him at the press conference. He was pretty annoyed about that performance. But I think he also felt, and I'm interested to know how, the, how important the Eagles is to the overall setup here, that these guys need to be playing, playing regularly and need to be ready for the move up, which can come at any time. The Eagles is, is, is vitally important because obviously Kieran wants to have a look at these senior players who may not be getting sufficient game time in the Pro 14. We obviously, within the academy, want to promote our own academy players and our sub-academy players. We want to expose them to that quality of opposition. And when you're playing against the English teams in particular, they're big physical uh, packs, so you're going to get, you're going to get tested. Uh, you're going to be out of your comfort zone. So as a collective, it's very important for Connacht Rugby to support our, our senior team. It's very important for the next generation coming through and the sub-academy and the academy. So games like this are great. And obviously when we can play like we did today and last week, it certainly builds the confidence within the camp. The seniors won yesterday against Brave. We won today as of last week. So it's a nice, happy place to go to work on the Monday. And you're looking for player depth. It's important to have as much cover in as many positions as possible. Absolutely, you know, our job is to facilitate it within Connacht Rugby to the academy, is to have that conveyor belt of indigenous players coming through, uh, other players coming through that hopefully go on to the professional world and get a contract off Kieran, Nigel and Jimmy, the boys. So it's vitally important. 
it's it's a vital cog in the wheel but again it's all joined up thinking towards the pro team and pushing players through and the exposure in games like this is is is, is goal to us and how are you enjoying this role you you <coughs> you stepped away from uh Connacht there for a while, but you're back now again. You're you're Connacht through and through. But is this a different role? Can you explain how what you do and how it, how it gets linked in with what uh, the we'd say the main Connacht team? How how is the link there? Because it, it seemed at times, perhaps under previous managerial setup, that it wasn't very obvious how that actually worked. Um, well, I'm fortunate enough that uh, in Connacht I had um, I've been head coach for three years, so I've experienced that that side of the of the business and the job. And then when I came back, I was also the, the domestic rugby manager, which is looking after the the grassroots game. So I'm hoping that my knowledge of the grassroots game for two and a half years, my knowledge of the of the professional world, and having come through as a player as a coach. Uh, I just want to add to the good work that Nigel did in, in the academy with his staff. So the whole three pillars of the of the Connacht House are aligned. So you have the club and community game. You have my current role as the academy manager, and and then you have the the, the pro world. So those three pillars have to be aligned because we're investing in grassroots rugby. Our vision is grassroots to green shirts. So when they come to club and community world, they come into the sub academy, the academy, which is my current world, and then it's my job with our with our fantastic team is to push those guys through and hopefully get development contracts, full contracts with Kieran and, and the pro management. So we're all a vital cog with each other because we all support each other going through to the first team, which is which is what happens out here on a Friday and a Saturday evening. And are you doing some work on kicking with the... Uh the main team. You're doing a bit of kick coaching. Well, I'm just there as a resource, and as a content is my is my is my passion, and I'm here all my life. So, I mean, I'm there as a resource for the young players, the school players, the club players, and the age grade guys. I, I'm here to offer any services I can that can add value to an individual or to a team. And my focus is obviously as the academy as the academy manager. But I mean, I've done some work with the boys and the seniors boys over the last couple of years. That would continue the same with the age grade. And I just see myself as a resource that if I can help a young kid on his journey to hopefully get where he wants to get the green jersey of Connacht or wear the green jersey of Ireland, that's fine. But that's what anybody will do in this organisation. Eric, great to talk to you. Good luck in those next two games. Uh, we'll be here covering the next home match against Rotherham and Galway Bay. And uh, enjoy your Christmas break. Lovely. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks very much. Okay. Yeah, Eric sounding relatively happy there. Um, I was at the game too, but I wasn't paying too much attention. I was still in a slight haze from my Christmas party the night before. But uh, I talked to Dave Finn, who was in, had, had taken a lot more um, notice of exactly what was going on and, and who was playing, who was playing well. And um, here's what Dave had to say. Okay, here in the sports ground on on Sunday with. Dave Finn and just watched the Eagles have a cracking 56 points to 7 win over Richmond yeah very good I mean last time we were here we were scratching our heads working out what was the point of the competition and it's interesting to note in the last two weeks they've gone over and they've, they've got two victories in the competition the first time I think they've got two victories in four years um, it was very comprehensive and the, the, the big difference it's amazing the difference attitude takes because I mean when we came after the Ealing game where they were absolutely outclassed they were and it was embarrassing and it, it was an individual and collective calamity and I, I think it's only fair to say today that there was an individual and collective performance from everybody 
the attitude was right from the first minute. Uh, not everything came off in the first half, but there was no case of, well, uh, after 60 minutes we have this one. They went to the very end. And again, you need to look at, as we saw with the seniors yesterday, you need to look at the fact that everybody, the guys who came off the bench, contributed something to the game. There was turnovers, uh, some very impressive performances from the starting 15. But the guys came off the bench and really did uh, nothing dropped off. You take into account that we are playing a part-time team. They're the only part-time team um, in, in the IPA championship. And it, it, you could tell. But you can only beat what's put out in front of you. And your standards have to remain the same. And what we saw against Ealing was unacceptable, and I think Kieran Kane was very unhappy with that performance. And he's, if he's, and I'm sure he's here today, he will be very impressed with that. And coming into a period where a lot of guys will have to step up because you will not go through three interval games without injuries and there's players to be rest and all that. Some serious hands were raised today, and not from obvious players either. Some guys who maybe just a bit below the, the, the first team fans' radar who made some serious impressions today. Okay, so let's get let's put some names in the frame there on these guys who who made the impressions. Well, I think a name that we all love is Masterson, but um, Owen's brother Sean. And it was a very unusual situation because Peter Claffey got injured. Um, it looks like an ankle injury. It's, initially, we were all very worried, but he was able to walk off the pitch and he was on the bench after. But Sean Maston, and you pointed this out, you've never seen this happen before. He went from seven to four, and. In the scrum, the scrum didn't diminish because you think he's a smaller guy that's going to go down. And I know he's played at underage for the country at, in, the, in the second row. But he was everywhere. He's all-around performance, superb, a lot of snapping. Played like a seven even though he was a four. So he effectively had two number sevens on the pitch. Um, and young Dylan Tierney uh, came on and he, he had a couple of good turnovers as well. But Nalia Dawai, who would have been one of those players you were most disappointed with after the Union game, the complete turnaround. That man was determined to leave a mark in the game. He was determined to leave a mark in individual players. It was all perfectly legitimate, but he was hitting guys hard. He was disrupting them. Uh, there was a couple of guys, you could see when they came off the beach, they were glad to get off because they had been the target of some really big hits. He really was fired up, but it was controlled aggression. There was nothing nothing headless about it. I mean, very impressed with him. And I have to say, to complete the back row, Paul Boyle, again, a young lad, we won't know much about, came down Ireland under 20, number 8 in the summer. Captain the side, again, a bit like Owen yesterday, quietly efficient, very good, strong leadership, but you knew that somebody was there controlling everything, and I was very impressed with Boyle. In the back line, I thought Andrew Deegan had a very good game. I was very impressed with Owen Griffin um, uh, as well. His passing was superb, and he made some great bikes. And the back three all contributed to a certain degree. I know Stacey Lee didn't get on the scoreboard, but he was he was always that live wire it is. But the two other guys, Adam Levy got the try, was always prepared to make a run. But I'm very impressed with young Matt Byrne. Every time I've seen him, He's he's been on the back foot and he's been trying to go forward off a off, off poor ball. Today he was going forward off off, um, off go forward ball and was very impressed. But I know I've mentioned a good few names there, but I would say that all 22 guys contributed to a, to a great degree. If I haven't named them, it's just because we'd be here all day if I did. But I thought everybody really put in a performance today. You're only playing against a semi-pro team, but it, it was just the attitude. At one stage near the end of the game, there was a turnover made, and the you know everyone got in and clapped the young lad who did it. I can't like it, it was young Tierney, the young lad who came Tierney, on. Like yeah. I mean, we don't know how. I mean, he's very far down the pecking order, but he comes on there and he's. I mean. He thinks he if he thinks he has a chance of possibly getting into a squad, and it means that he's going to make turnovers like that, and that encouragement from the rest of the guys that yeah, you know what, you can make it if you if you, if you keep that level of performance up. Why not? We need to look at our depth charts. I mean, we've only used what we was something we didn't mention prior to this was we only used twenty three game twenty three guys in the last two games because the three guys who came in were on the bench in yeah. Breve, and the three guys went straight onto the bench. 
that's not going to be that's not going to be the case. We saw Dennis Buckley went off yesterday. We don't know at this stage if it's a serious injury. Hopefully not. We know that Peter Aki is going off. He's going to have to get married. You know. Mm-hmm. Poor, you know, we should have seen that. We know that was coming, so we know somebody's going to have to step up. I think it was significant that Steve Crosby was named on the bench initially, but was pulled before the game. But you look out there and you're thinking, well, there's going to be an outside back place going on the bench next week. So is it automatically Steve's? We don't know. Is I thought Griff put in a, enough of a performance to suggest that he want, he he could fit in like, quietly. And you just know the intensity of these games that you're not going to get through with 23 guys. It just won't happen. There'll be, minute, there'll be national minutes to be looked after. And just the intensity of these games, somebody always goes down. And it's good to see... I, of the starting 15 the only one you'd be worried who might not step up is Claffy and that's simply because he got injured but it was, you'd argue well if he comes in and can do a job for 15-20 minutes off the bench you wouldn't be too worried if, if any of those guys based on today's performance came in in the next few weeks yeah we'd have to you know again the caveat yeah, yeah, the caveat that's there but at least you know you're looking at a situation where we're going into three inter pros on the back of two wins mm. how many tries do we score at the weekend now we 15 tries I mean 111 points and 15 tries now that doesn't happen to us. I mean, but it's the confidence levels, and maybe the guys looked at that the same, looked at that yesterday, and went, "Do you know what? We can do that as well." But it's significant. There was a lot of breaks from deep, and I think that was in both games, and there's a lot of good support lines. I mean, to be honest, which I think both teams, both the seniors and, and the Eagles, will think actually 56 and 55 we could have pushed on towards 70 because well, chances in yesterday's game, and certainly chances they were blown, especially in that first half. And it's significant that they got better against tiring teams. And that is, I think, the fitness levels of both sides over the weekend have to be praised in that game because we got a try. We, we kept pushing for tries yesterday. And so you when you can see it there, we got four, I think we got four try, three tries in the last 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was they, were, they weren't like, oh, mall over. There was one mall over try, which we have to praise the, the pack for as well. But the last try, Kieran Joyce sums it all up. That's a break made off a line out in our own in inside our own 10 meter line that went all the way down and it's the fitness levels of the guys because again yes they're professionals and this is what they're paid to do and they're up against part time guys who aren't training as much but you know our fitness levels are our problem other teams fitness levels are their problem so far the fitness levels are up it shouldn't matter how fit the other guys are we can only again we come back to it I like Richmond I like what they stand for I like the fact that they even the fact they wore their old their, their jerseys that we traditionally associate with them um, but they're part they're, for their own, they've made the decision to go part time which I think is right for that club but at times like this you can tell that they are not up to the level of professional players in terms of fitness and some ball skills and, it, and if that's the case then all you can do is be ruthless and it was good to see us be ruthless it certainly was and we'll leave it there and look forward to the, to the Ulster match Okay, um, so some good stuff there from Dave, and, and certainly seemed to have a few guys put their hands up for this Interpro series, didn't we? Yeah, I think um, I discussed it with uh, Eric Elwood. The I think the Ealing um, disaster, no other word for it, back of it yeah. I think that really was, as I said, a line in the sand. I think they had a, a big discussion. Uh, I suspect it was fairly brutal uh, you would expect it to be very tough uh, and I think it was brought home and explained to a few players that it's an honour or to play in a Connacht jersey there are certain things you're expected to do and they've looked they looked a lot more focused now you, you look at the oppositions Ealing are a decent side they're playing good rugby they're second in the championship in England uh, Richmond aren't at that level 
but there was a work rate on Sunday throughout mm-hmm. the 80 minutes. Players really kept going, going, going. They worked hard, and that's all you can ask of a side. They executed well, and I think it's been made clear that you need cover throughout a team mm-hmm. and throughout a squad. You, you know, you, you, you just can't keep playing the same players week in, week out. It's not physically possible. And injuries occur, as we've seen. There's a couple of those injuries today, you know, on that list are from training ground injuries. It just happens. Mm. So there is space for people. And the one guy that really stands out for me is um, Killian Gallagher. Uh, I thought he was immense in both of the Breeve matches. Mm-hmm. Um, he just looks to have a little bit of class, a little bit of time when he's playing the ball, seems to make the right decisions. He's come up through that system. So he's a, a talisman figure for people. And Kieran Kane has said in, in, in other interviews that I've done with him that other players will come through from this system. Um, it doesn't happen instantaneously, it doesn't happen overnight. But there was someone to like about uh, Sunday, but you take into account who you were playing mm-hmm. and th- their situation. But it was good, and it's settled them down a little bit. They have another home game coming up against Rotherham in January. They're obviously going over to Ealing to play. They'll be going, uh, I think, to uh, sort of maybe revenge is going to be too far off the agenda but they'll be going to show what happened in the sports ground a few weeks ago was not uh, what the Eagles are about No I think they're going to try and restore some pride I think in, in both fixtures at the weekend the thing that I enjoyed most was the, the level of enthusiasm that both teams brought like even though the games were won and even though they'd already won the games they still kept going and they still kept kept executing and they still kept working hard for each other I think that's very important and it's now a case of well let's do it now under a, a higher pressure situation and uh, we'll see how that goes and of course that first chance to see it will be against Ulster this weekend so let's hear what the Ulster camp are thinking about what's going to happen on Saturday Yeah I think they, well I think they've won six out of their last eight games so they're, they're doing quite well and um, expect a lot of running from them, you know. I would know guys like Tiernan O'Halloran uh, be be quite friendly with Tiernan and and Nee Adia Lukin, um, Matt Healy. Um, I've, I've seen Keen Callagher at the odd Irish camp as well, and they're all boys that you know they're not going to really kick the ball back to you. These lads, they they like they like to run, and um, we can uh, we can expect a lot of like that from them, and hopefully use that to our advantage as well, because we know these guys, um, you know, they'll run a lot, and hopefully we can. Uh, we can preempt that and, and, and shut it down, but but you know they're strong runners and they have a lot of a lot of Irish internationals in their team, uh, even more so over the last couple of years. They're they're seem to be becoming a, a stronger um, outfit, and even though with Pat Lamb away and winning the league, they've 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 maintained that sort of caliber of team. I think and it's um it's like it's like every team in this league now. There's no there's absolutely no given. We we saw that at the start of the season, the zebra away. It's not about me, it's about Connor. Uh, we feel that if we get our stuff right, we can put them under pressure. Um, we have an OK record down there over the years. I think we, we put in a poor show on and lost last year, so they know they can beat us. But at the same time, uh, I've had some change down there over the years as well. So while I know it's an incredibly uh, tough place to go, I also know that uh, if we get stuff right, uh, we can be a hard team to beat. Is it just the conditions down there that make it a tough place to go, or what else? 
Um, the conditions are tough, but um, I think it's something we're very we're quite used to. You know, it's not uh, Kingspan's not always the easiest place to play. Uh, I think they're they're a good side um, for a start. I think you'd be selling Connacht short if you started talking about the conditions and the crowd before you actually talked about the quality they produced on on the field. Um, to win the league a couple of years ago, you don't do that because you play in a place that's windy. So yeah, it's not overly about the weather. It's about 15 angry men. Uh, a very proud man trying to defend their patch. Yeah, well, I've played against him uh, a couple of times before. He's a good player. He had a very good autumn. Uh, I actually think in the autumn we didn't see the best of him, ball in hand. I thought he defended particularly well in the games that I was uh, working at. But, um, yeah, he's a quality player. Um, so, in, in the end of the day, uh, you got to enjoy playing against good players. you got to... Uh, I sort of slipped down the pecking order a wee bit, and for me, you know, I think it's a it's a good opportunity to play against someone who is at the minute one of the best, if not the best, in in the middle uh, in Ireland. William, interesting stuff there from from Ulster. Yeah, Darren Cave, Craig Gilroy up at their press conference today, and um, as I say, I think it's part of the Ulster psyche. They sort of expect to win these games, mm. um, but they. Modern rugby runs on analysis. They they have looked at what Connacht did in Europe. They Connacht will look at what Ulster did in Europe. They the key man in both of those games was John Cooney. He played brilliantly, particularly in Harlequins. The first half of that match in Harlequins was played in exceptionally bad conditions. It was a full on maybe blizzard is too too strong a word, but it was snowing heavily. <laughs> Snowstorm, yeah. Uh, and he ran that game, and he ran the game last week, and he kicked his penalties. And he, I'm delighted for him because when he went to Ulster, he he had a, a he was filling the boots of uh, Ruan Piner, who is a hero status player in Ulster. Yeah. And people didn't know who he was. A friend of mine just sent me a one-word text, which was "who" with a question mark, and I just said, "Give him time. You're getting a good player." Um, so they're coming here with a with a bit of confidence, but they've had two really hard games. They've got three very hard games coming up. So they'll be mixing and matching that side a little bit, and they're still inclined to be a little bit flaky on occasions. Um, and they don't they don't convert some of their chances, and it still seems to get into their heads a little. We we saw that in the game in Belfast in in October. Yeah. Um, a Connacht playing like they are now would have won that game. But they didn't seize the opportunity. But Ulster, Ulster's concentration went um, and Charles Pietro won't be playing. And he's a crucial, crucial part of their team. He's he's the lifeblood of it in some ways. Um, especially um, attacking with loose ball. So I think it's a big opportunity for Connacht. I just hope they seize it. And I think it'll be a great night. Uh, there's Busily working up at the sports ground today, putting up some extra terracing on the end terraces. So there's still tickets available. Get your ticket and get up there, and uh, it should be a great night. Will be a great night. It will, it will, and, and hopefully Connacht can do something that they've never done before. They have never beaten Ulster two in two matches in a row in the sports ground. The, the nearest they got was back in the, the early 60s, and... The day before President Kennedy was shot, they'd, they'd beaten Ulster in 1963. And then two years later, they got a draw 
uh, in the sports ground against Ulster, and that's the best dual result they've ever had against Ulster. So hopefully at the weekend they can create a new record and have two wins against Ulster um, two seasons in a row in the sports ground. Well, absolutely, and of course they once managed to win four times in a row in Ravenhill, uh, and they haven't won there since. So <laughs> that's how, maybe yeah. if they maybe if they can overturn that record this weekend, then they can start focusing on next season um, in Ravenhill and see if we can um, get a win because it hasn't even happened in my lifetime. Yes, yes, I'm looking forward to the, the time where we're in Ravenhill where it is my favourite place to watch a game of rugby outside the sports ground and actually come away with a win. So, um, yeah, let's get let's get our win at the weekend first. And, of course, don't forget to, to listen to live local coverage on Galway Bay FM on Saturday evening. Uh, Rob Murphy will be commentating. He'll have Joe Healy as his co-commentator. They'll be on air from about 7.15 on or thereabouts and they'll be on the live stream for people who can't access Galway Bay on the FM. That's great stuff. Thank you, William. Thanks, Alan. Take it easy. Bye-bye.